Welcome to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann, and I would like to extend my happy new year to all of you as we kick off this new year and my gratitude for making me a part of your listening experience. Whether you listen to this podcast on whatever platform you choose or you watch on my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann, or both, here we are and I appreciate you. You inspire me to read more, learn more, meet new people, have new conversations, and share those conversations with you right here. I've got a guest that I am saving for next week. A really, really important conversation and great episode, a connection friend of mine that I've known since the 90s and something that he has made incredibly powerful. So I thought about putting that as the first, but I was like, I love to do a solo either as the close of the last year or the beginning of the new year. And here we are. So a lot of catching up to do, a lot of excitement about the new year. I'm sure you have some New Year's resolutions. I'm going to get to New Year's resolutions closer to the end of this solo, but we still have a mailbag. If you're a new listener, I close every episode with a mailbag. Uh, it's Ask Lisa and It is a wild ride, although I am trying to not read the wild ride emails since I cannot use the clips on TikTok. And also... There's a lot of them and it kind of gets old, but I know once in a while everyone likes. So I thought maybe I would just do a wild ride mailbag separate episode where I just rapid fire read them all. So I'm foldering them for that future thought. But these are good questions. You know, what maybe you want to know about me, places I've traveled, uh, if you're coming to New York City, places I love to eat, things to do, whatever it may be, you can send that to asklisaam at gmail.com. So here we are in the new year. We just had a weird situation with Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Sunday, Monday, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Sunday, Monday. And the reason they were weird is because if you're an NFL fan like myself, and if this weekend was bringing you up to the moment where you may be holding a new trophy or belt by the end of the season, hence winning a fantasy football championship. If you are one of those people, the holiday was super weird for you because these were very important games. But I will say Christmas Day, thank you, NFL. I was a little bitter when you took away my NBA sweet love because normally it's NBA Christmas Day. It's always been NBA Christmas Day. And my friends and I love to go to NBA games on Christmas Day. It's like the most fun thing to do on Christmas. But when your fantasy football championship relies on the fact that there's three perfectly laid out games. I mean, games laid out well enough that if you wanted to do the 20 minutes in between and make a fresh meal, snack, what have you, no overlap, just enough to go to the next channel and hear the updates on injuries from the game or the two games before Christmas Day. Thank you, NFL. It was soothing. It was relaxing. And Christmas is soothing and relaxing to me for many reasons. One, I don't buy Christmas gifts. Two, I don't decorate for Christmas. Not a thing. Not one decoration. Okay. I do have a box of ornaments in my storage uh, that are ornaments that I collected in my travels on the road. So I did do that thing and I kept them because they were mementos from the road. But I live in New York City. New York City, if you cannot feel Christmas the second you walk out the door, you will take a five block walk and see 200 beautifully decorated trees. What is the point of me adding to that when I can just walk out and be in Christmas? 
And the reason I also love it is because I remember what it felt like the week after Christmas debating whether you're going to get rid of the Christmas things before the new year or after. For myself, AVN came always really quick after New Year's. So I would have to think like, I'm not going to leave this tree up for, you know, 10 more days. So Christmas doesn't really have the same effect on me when it comes to the stress level of what I see everybody go through and how much work it is and all the additional expense and all the additional work. Think about the hours you put into all of the decorations. Look, if you have kids, a family, I get it. But for myself, I just walk outside. I take photos with trees. I went to visit the palace because I always love the tree there. Every night I go out with somebody, we'll walk in a different direction. I'll get to see and photograph a different tree. So Christmas day, watching games, super relaxing, knowing that the next day I didn't have to start thinking about putting everything away, come to New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, same thing. So over this holiday, neighbors of mine were planning on going away and they were having a dog sitting issue. And I was like, look, uh, it's NFL championship fantasy football situation. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I was already home watching games. I'm going to do the same thing New Year's Eve, Christmas Day. Christmas Eve, I did go out for dinner at night. Went out with Joanna and Aaron Smallhands, who I've had here on my podcast. They also host their own podcast, Just the Tip. Totally fun. You got to check them out. Uh, I'll get to that story. But so I offered to dog sit. So Archie is on the couch right now, basking in the sun, sleeping. And I wasn't sure how this was going to go. This was going to be the first time, you know, I had to work. Uh, Archie has just seen, you know, vacation holiday, Lisa, the person who bakes cookies for the door staff that's working over these holidays, the person that's home. There has been some work, but at least it's just in the office and Archie is two feet from me on the floor. If we're on the couch or the chair, there's a lot of snuggles. So I wasn't sure I was going to be when it was, A, I'm getting up. I've got to go hit the dry bar, get my hair blown out. Got the, the gym this morning. I had to time the gym, the food, the walk, and it's freezing. Having a dog, it's freezing going out this early in the morning. Coming back in, hair, go back out. Okay, another cold walk. Okay. And here we are. So it was really a great thing to do. And as I've been wanting to go back to reading more, I started to make a stack of some books that really had a positive impact on my life and that I want to go back and read again because they moved me once, they can move me twice. And sometimes it's great to refresh what was it that had you so incredibly inspired. And so, of course, you know, The Secret, which I watch all the time on Netflix once a month, I'll go back and rewatch The Secret, but I like to watch, read them as well. But I put The Minimalists uh, on the top, Love People Use Things, the original Minimalist books. And I thought about, you know, one of the things with dog sitting was like, I travel for a living. I'm always gone. My schedule doesn't really permit a dog, but it's a great thing to do is ask one of your friends or neighbors if you can dog sit because you get to enjoy it. It keeps you at home. It's very relaxing. I mean, a dog is so soothing. Like I feel incredibly relaxed uh, having this little companion around everywhere I turn, like a complete stalker. This dog is just there wanting to make eye contact with me. It is the cutest thing in the world, but it's been touching back with that and realizing the simple things that cost no money that could be so incredibly fun. When everybody I knew was like, Hey, we're going out doing this thing for new year's. I'm like, well, you know, I have big plans of dog sitting. So there'll be some nice walks. Uh, other than the walks, there'll be game watching. And I've even got Archie to agree with timing out the night game and going to the bathroom at the half. So like things are going very well. I have Archie for another day or so. It was a great way to 
relax. And it's been a great way to connect with other neighbors. Again, building community. Another reason why I put the minimalist books on the top of the stack of books that I want to reread. Essentialism is on there, the power of habit. Just reminding myself how I fine tune. I'll breeze through them even faster because I've read them before, but I want to go back and feel that feeling in touch with that in the new year, in that fresh space. And also, you know, December is such a time where I evaluate everything that I do. What brings me value? What doesn't? What can I pass on to somebody else? What maybe should I remove? What do I want to add in? And so when you're budgeting time, like I budget time, this is the perfect way to go back and touch in with when I became so much better at budgeting my time. What good habits have I kept? How can I fine tune just a little bit more, continue to grow. And New Year's resolutions comes into that, which is something that, again, I have to say. So I had a great holiday. It was relaxing. And going back to Christmas before I had Archie, I knew I was going to have Archie before New Year's, like the Thursday, Friday before New Year, Friday. And at that point, I was like, so Christmas Eve weekend and Christmas weekend was mine because Christmas doesn't impact me like anyone else. And I'm never rushing around for Christmas. And all I'm planning on doing is watching football now that it landed this way. Christmas Eve, I do like to go out and go shopping. Just a little shopping for myself. Doesn't even mean I have to buy anything because if the lines are big and it's packed, then I just wander around. I just look around, look at new things, what have you. And maybe get myself something, what have you. I get to Nordstrom and it's dead. And Nordstrom has uh, Santas that you can take photos with. There's different school bands that come through every hour and they go up and down the escalator playing music. It's it's an experience. Let me tell you, if you want to lean into Christmas, get yourself a coffee or a cocktail. There's a bar on almost every floor of that Nordstrom and wander around because it's beautiful. So I was like, okay, it's empty. I'll do a little shopping. I picked up a pair of jeans that as soon as I looked at them and I saw the girl looking at me, looking at them that was working there and we both smiled. I said, I do believe that these jeans could absolutely change my life. And they were on sale as well. She's like, the fact that they're 40% off makes it even more enticing, doesn't it? I'm like, they're not in need, but they're definitely a Christmas treat for myself. Nobody in line. And she said they were packed the day before, the day before Christmas, but Christmas Eve, nobody could believe it. Dead. I'm like, well, People were not last minute shopping at Nordstrom. So I wandered around, had a great, got my hair done that day, wandered around, knew I was going to have dinner with Joanna and Aaron. So we went to the Baccarat Hotel. Joanna's on this like prefixed meal uh, concept thing, which I'm never on, but I roll with it. And ironically, Joanna and Aaron did a prefixed meal New Year's Eve thing that I'm sure you're going to hear about on their podcast. And I get a text New Year's Day that says, no more prefixed meals, make it a thing in 2024. And I wrote back, hashtag just say no. Um, the one at Baccarat Hotel, it seemed like the Murders in the Building movie was happening to us. It seemed like we were in some sort of murder mystery. It didn't really seem like it was really, pre- we weren't sitting in the restaurant. We were in the lounge, like couches and chairs. Uh, it was just very strange. It wasn't a lot of food. I think we were all really hungry after, but we enjoyed it because it was so strange. So we get into this strange dinner kind of, okay, we're not done with the night because now we're feeling like, let's go out. So I'm like, let's go to the tree. So we get into one of those pedal bikes. There's these pedal bikes where there's the bench, there's music playing, there's a light. These used to be a thing and they were here and there in the city. Let me warn you, if you haven't been to New York in a while, these have now dropped down like scooters did in California, 2018. There are hundreds of them, 
they're everywhere. The good thing about it is it's driving down the price. They used to be really expensive. Now you can haggle with them a little bit. Like this is how much cash we have. We only want to go from 53rd to the tree at 49th. That's all we want to do. We just want to go see the tree on Christmas Eve, which was a crazy idea because same idea everybody else had. Every tourist in the world. And strangely, the street, the, the, the light show was already done by the time we got there, but the tree is packed. The street is packed. The streets are still open for traffic. There's cops everywhere. And we ride the thing down, having the time of our lives, just giggling. The guy's reckless. He's weaving out of, in and out of cars. Like, but it was an experience. It was something really fun. That's what we did for Christmas for each other. We spent that night together. Uh, and I took Joanna to the Rockettes for her Christmas present from me. So like, we do these things. This is why I don't have to buy gifts. Because Oh, and then we wandered. We walked to the W in Times Square, um, walked in there. It was closed. We realized that most places were letting their staff go home for Christmas Eve. And we were like out ready to rally like it was the night before Thanksgiving. So I was like, we should probably just call it. So we called it. We had a great time though. But it's these are the things that I do with the people in my lives. And, and, and that's why I say I don't buy gifts. I will tip someone, buy a gift card for someone that helps me, my woman at the post office, get a Starbucks gift card every year. Those are different things. But as for the stress of going and buying detailed items and having to package them and wrap them and either ship them or deliver them, all of that, not in my wheelhouse. Decorating, not in my wheelhouse. So Christmas is just a time to know that I can be relaxed because everyone else is busy. And there's this calm. You don't hear as many cars on the street. There's a lot of people out walking and running and exercising and enjoying the free time that they have. Like just a soothing, perfect holiday. And again, I'm trying to get stuff in before I have Archie. So when I saw the WWE was going to be at MSG on the 26th, and I knew my producer, Paul, his twin brother, Paul is my producer from my show on Sirius XM Better Haves. His twin brother was going to be in town for the holiday. They like WWE. So I was like, let me see if I can get tickets. I'd love to take them because Paul worked so hard at putting so many incredible clips together for Better Haves. Like, he did all of these clips on his own, on his own time. Wasn't a serious XM thing. It was just him going beyond. Like when people exceed your expectations, you have to do special things for them. So if you want to see the clips, we're on TikTok at Better Haves SXM. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, check us out. Check out the clips. Uh, check out the show. If you're on the SiriusXM app, you can listen anytime. If you listen in your car, it's on Raw Comedy Channel 99. We're live Fridays at 5 p.m. Replays through the weekend. I'll make sure I'm putting the schedule out on my timelines at the release and. But back to wrestling. So I'm like, this is great. I'm going to wear my new jeans, right? Of course I am. Uh, I got a bodysuit going to wear this too. Like everything worked out Christmas Eve, my girl, the lingerie section where I love to look at the commando gear. I love the commando and the spanks for like undergarments, underwear, stockings, tights. I needed stockings for my dress, uh, to wear Christmas Eve and no one had stockings, only had tights, which was not the look I was going for, but I had to deal with it. But she's like, look, we just got in this new commando bodysuit. It's got thumb holes. I know you love thumb holes. It's a turtleneck. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be perfect with these jeans. I'm going to wear it to WWE, back to WWE. So 
And then, by the way, if you're interested, the jeans are Alice and Olivia. Uh, Alice and Olivia is one of my favorite uh, fashion follows on Instagram and on social media. I love their cuts. Their sizes are very true. So once you know what fits you, you're good to go with Alice and Olivia. But it's just fun, really fun clothes. I do try to wait until they go on sale. There have been a couple times I haven't been able to resist. But for the most part, I will hold off. But so... We're going to go to WWE. We're going to meet up. I said, let's meet at this bar. We made us a reservation. We'll meet there before us. So we can walk over together. We didn't really know where we were seated because I was getting tickets at will call from a friend. So I'm like, I'm sure our tickets are good, but let's go and get a drink and a bite to eat in case we don't have any access to anything. You know, I don't know where we're sitting. So we're sitting down to eat. We get our tickets. We are row two. We are row two. I have not been to a WWE live event since I was a child. <laughs> I am so excited. Now, I knew that Paul and his brother were into WWE, but what I didn't realize was to what extent. And it was that that moment where I got a breakdown of everybody that was going to be fighting, as I was saying, performing. They were like, they're fighting, like they're performing. Because uh, it's such a, the, the, the show is so good. And the whole, everything about it, the underdog. And, and they all have, whether it's a chant or uh, their gimmick, you know, whatever their thing is that the whole room, the whole arena knows about them. I was informed on all of that. So I was prepared, but I wasn't prepared for the fact that those two twins that I was with knew every chant knew every catchphrase, knew everything, and had going with them made it so much more fun. Going with those who are absolutely, truly into it. I got to say, what a show. What an experience to go to MSG for something other than NBA or college basketball or even hockey is the kid experience at WWE took me right back to what I loved about it as a kid. It's an arena that you get to go to where there's cotton candy, all kinds of sugary fun foods. You can stand on your seat and yell the entire time and no one cares. The kids have so much fun. They are so into it and it's animated. The music is great. The buildup is great. And it is just a spectacle. And I was reminded, I looked around, got to see Sam Roberts. He had his son who was standing on his chair. And it was so cute to look at them and be like, Sam loves wrestling so much. And I can just see his son is loving it so much too. So there's just something different about it as an event, a live sporting event, you would call it, right? Something incredibly different about it. And it's fun. And seeing Becky Lynch was one of the first, first matches that came out. And I had just saw that Becky Lynch is, is, is releasing a book next year, which I cannot wait. Definitely going to read it immediately. Uh, Becky had a great role on, um, billions and, you know, one of the episodes as a guest appearance, like always love Becky Lynch. And, uh, it was uh, CM Punk coming back. Like I learned a lot of history about WWE. I was brought back into the joy and I could see what a great Christmas tradition it is for so many because that event is every year, December 26th, the day after Christmas. So really glad that I went, felt fabulous in my jeans and bodysuit, had a lot of laughs, went home that night, took a shower and laid down in bed and was just that relaxed feeling of like being around an energy that is so charged up and so fun and so stress-free and, and so light, uh, being around that energy was awesome. Really glad that I went. It was a great night out activity. Thrilled 
thrilled that I got to go. So great seats. By the second, you see everything. And it's like it is happening in your living room. You don't even realize how many people are around you because you're the second row from the ring. Like they're walking. It's just, it's just unbelievable. It was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. So we had a great, great, great holiday season. Really special. Dog sitting, Archie still living his best life, getting a great nap. Dogs just make you realize how great it is to be able to just look for snacks all day and nap. I'm in a nice routine of being home. And I realized after traveling 240,000 miles that I probably lost anywhere from 30 to 60 days. It's a range that I couldn't really quantify because I have to think about how developed the trip is. So let's just round to 45, 45 days of my year was committed to packing and unpacking, whether it was wardrobe for events, whether it was wardrobe, whatever I was unpacking, it was more detailed than the clothes that I'd normally wear that are in either a different spot or they're in storage. All of that, I realized I'm really feeling caught up because I haven't done that in a while, not rushing back from anything been able to enjoy my time at the gym and not feel rushed, uh, been able to set a pace that I'd like to continue to establish through the year because I have to believe in myself and we all have to believe in ourselves that we've made it this far. We've got the work done. And I think holidays for me, getting to sit back and relax a little bit, have conversations with myself and really think about things. We are our own worst critic. We are incredibly hard on ourselves. We are always striving for more. That's kind of how we've been raised. It's ingrained in us. But are we thanking ourselves for being here right now where we got ourselves? Are we thankful for the hard work we put in the year before, before we jump right back in and dive into the hard work? Are we doing work that truly brings us value? Is it worth our time financially? Like really evaluating those things and reminding ourselves to stop being so hard on ourselves, to stop putting so much pressure on. Because with or without the pressure, you're going to finish the task. You're going to handle your responsibilities. You know what you need to do. And it's a matter of just doing it with a flow and less resistance. It's one of the things I'm working on this year. It's just working in a flow with less resistance reminding myself instead of being so hard on myself, thanking myself for having this situation, getting it done at a pace without worrying about getting it done and getting that reminder, again, why I'm going to go back down this rabbit hole, reread these books, bring them up to you one at a time and remember what I valued so much the first time, what I pulled out the second time. But I just think the new year is a great time to like center ourselves. And it's also a great thing about being older because I don't have FOMO for not going out on New Year's Eve. And I did go out New Year's Eve for years. There's nothing wrong with going out New Year's Eve. You should, if you want to go out, you should be going out. But you get to a point in your life where you've done it all and you get to a point in your life where you like, okay, I don't want to be in a crowded place or you just want to be home. And and having Archie was the perfect excuse to help. I'm sorry, I can't do anything. You know, can't even do that because I, I have a dog. That time now allows me to start 
gear, more recharged and less behind. It's funny taking an early morning walk on New Year's Eve because there's definitely a demo age-wise that's out super early because they did not go out, might not even made it for the ball drop. And the rest of the city is pretty darn quiet till that afternoon. It feels good to have a jump start on it. So starting the year and staying in that positive mindset while also wanting to go back in and touch base with those books that propelled me to get here and find a new reading list and doing another reading challenge. In 2015, I challenged myself to read a book a week for a year, and I ended up reading 63 books. And I felt something that year. I felt an incredible amount of growth that year. Don't know if I'll find the time for a book a week, but I am working in the pattern. I did just order a better reading light for my bed, and I did just finally take the leap get a set of reading glasses because sometimes I won't read at night because I've been looking at my computer for so long. I know I need to get a bigger screen. Uh, and it's just a strain. So having the reading glasses is going to push it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to share it with you. And I think this is a great time to thank yourself for all the hard work you put into 2023, for all the things that you accomplished and to remind you that 2024, it's a jump to be even better. However, that may be, Maybe you want to have more naps. Maybe you want to work out more. Maybe you want to get into better patterns, better routines, see your friends more. But I think the new year more than anything is that fresh start. So New Year's resolutions are a thing. You know, I normally have like a New Year's resolution list that stays about the same. I want to learn another language. Uh, that year was more of a reading challenge than an actual New Year's resolution. But in the fall, I had said something to myself and I said, you know what? Maybe you should make this a New Year's resolution. And after thinking about hearing myself say that to myself for a day or two, I'm like, okay, it's like October and you're considering not doing something, but you're not waiting till New Year's to not do it. So it's strange to me. I thought about it and you may or may not know that for the longest time I vaped. Um, I used to smoke cigarettes. I quit smoking cigarettes as soon as I got hired by Sirius XM. Uh, cause I was too afraid that if I smoked, I wouldn't have a good radio voice and you would hear me wheezing. So I quit smoking cigarettes, but I went to vaping, not much better. Okay. I don't know I'm not judging either, but whatever I, I did that. Um, and I was always a jewel smoker. You know, once jewels happen to the jewels, but over the past, you know, year or so I've been thinking like, why do you do this? This is like, you have to go into this grimy Seven Eleven where you always think you're going to die. Uh, this is not healthy. It's not good for you. It's an expense you shouldn't be. And I would say it to myself and I would have these back and forths and I would have this, you know, this is the last week I'm going to run out of these. So as I was leaving for Australia in November, I decided this is the perfect time. I'm going to be on a 22 hour flight. I'm going to be meeting new people. And I wanted to meet new people, not vaping. And it was the perfect place to do it because I remember being there and nobody that I knew there vaped. So it was the perfect place to do it because if people smoked, they had to go outside to smoke cigarettes and then they weren't going to be inside vaping and, and this and that. And it's a 22 hour flight, you know, whatever. I'll take a little Nicorette gum and I'll take a lot of regular gum, oral fixation. I'll just chew gum, right? So I threw them all away before I left. So this was November. So why put it off as a New Year's resolution? And I haven't spoke of it because I thought like, well, now make it your New Year's resolution to talk about it because if you can make it till New Year's, you're definitely going to quit. And I was ready. So I think the putting it off till New Year's, might I might not have been ready again then, 
Australia was the perfect trigger. The long flight, the meeting new people, the then being around people that didn't vape and then realizing like I would have been the one person vaping everywhere. And you just get so used to that when you're around everybody else that does it. But it was just something I wanted to stop doing. I didn't see it in connection with the person that I am the person that I want to be, the way I want to live my life. I take such great care of myself. I go to cryotherapy. I'm in the hyperbaric chamber. I eat well. Um, You know, all of the things I exercise, all of these things, it just seemed like such a conundrum that that would even be a factor in my situation. I did it the most when I was on the computer and I'm on the computer a lot. So that's bad. It's bad to have a bad habit that you do twice as much when you're doing something. So what I've realized when I'm on the computer now, uh, drinking water out of a straw helps. If I feel some chewing gum helps. Um, But I think about it. I know what it is. It's more the habit than anything. I find myself working quicker. I find myself being more efficient. And as for how I feel, I do get out of bed faster that added a little bit of lollygagging with drinking my coffee, vaping and reading the news. And now I'll drink my coffee a bit quicker and just get out of bed and go to the gym. Um, I feel great about it, even better that I didn't put it off. So it was about knowing for probably a year I had this conversation with myself that why am I doing this? Why do I vape? Um, And then here I am coming up on, uh, you should probably put this on your New Year's resolution. And then I'm like, no, why would you vape? So New Year's resolutions, I always want them to be something positive that I want to add into my life instead of something negative that I want to take out of my life. Because if I'm waiting to remove something that's negative to a certain date, that's negative. So I'm glad I did it when I did it. And I get to tell you now that I beat my own New Year's resolution. I will stick to it. It's already out of my system. It's felt great to be able to move without worrying about something's going to die and not be charged. You become so dependent on something that has a battery other than your phone. And I'm never gone long enough that I can't charge my phone. So like those little things, a relief, easier said than done. I understand it's not as easy for many, but when I was thinking about it, I started talking to a couple of people about it and, you know, I started reading more about it. And there are things that doctors are seeing now. There's just not enough years of the research with vapes for us really to know the effects. They are trying but we're going to, you know, the more you read, the more you'll, you'll see that they say 10 years will be when we really know, but there have been some lung things. There have been kids dying. It, so I'm done with that. What are you giving up? What's your new year's resolution? Is it something positive you're adding to your life or is it something negative, like a bad food or a bad habit? So that's where I was. I didn't want to wait till new year's Eve. I'm glad I did it already. Happy new year to me going to myself and saying, self, why would you wait? And here we are. I feel better. I feel great. I made a good decision for me. So you never have to wait. So don't put anything off till New Year's Eve if you could do it sooner. But if you did put something on your list, make sure you're writing yourself a thank you every day in your gratitude journal or in your journal, thanking yourself for sticking to that thing that is a thing. So I mentioned the holidays, fantasy football, the absolute joy of the space of the games. And now I must mention that I did take home a championship in the Fantasy Football Nerds League. It is a charity league. And it's a league that I won in 2015. My charity of choice is Blessings in a Backpack. And the league dues go to Blessings in a Backpack. We're splitting with another charity as well. I'll put that out on posts on social media. But proud of this win because this is a league that's a super flex, which means two quarterbacks. Now, in that super flex quarterback spot, 
you can either put a wide receiver, tight end, running back, or quarterback. But you ideally would like to put a quarterback in there. In these types of leagues, people draft four, sometimes five quarterbacks. So they have backups on bye weeks for their two, if there's injuries. The long and the short of it is, it was my first draft of the season. I was just finishing a podcast. I remember it was Dr. Jesse Morris, and I was like, Dr. Jesse, I have to go. My draft already started, and I'm auto-picking. So my first couple of rounds were auto-picked. They were still good. Okay, no big deal. All of my quarterbacks were injured by week three. Every quarterback I picked up off the waiver wire, injured, injured, injured. So from week seven on, and by the way, I lost the first four weeks of the season. I started the season 0-4. Yeah. So for the first seven, after the seventh week, I never had a quarterback to put in. There was no one left and no one, I didn't want to trade anybody. I, I just, there was nothing I could do. Wide receivers and running backs, I was moving it each week, fighting. I go on a winning streak. I go on a winning streak. I get to the semis. I'm in the semi-championship. I realize Joe Flacco is still out there on the waiver wire. Joe Flacco was on his couch, not even planning on playing football when we did this draft where I was out to pick the first couple of rounds because I was doing a podcast episode with Dr. Jesse Morris. I pick him up off the waiver wire last week. I think about it all week. Now, find out. Guess what? I also, in that league, have Amari Cooper who went absolutely ham in the semifinals. It was Amari Cooper and Derek Carr, of all players, two most inconsistent seasons pile it on for me in the semi-championship. But all of a sudden, day of the game, guess what? Amari is not playing. Now, what do I do? I can move Debo into Amari's spot, and I can move Joe Flacco from my bench into that Superflex League as my quarterback. Joe Flacco is still going to have to throw the ball. Now, I do have Elijah Moore, who's also a wide receiver, who backs up Amari Cooper. Do I want to put Elijah Moore in? Is that too heavy? I thought about it. No. If Elijah Moore gets anything, it's going to come from Joe Flacco. Elijah Moore did get a lot. He got 17 points. Do I regret the decision? Not really, because at the same time, I won the league. I beat Dr. Roto, who is incredible at fantasy football, does a show on fantasy sports radio that I listen to on the regular. I did not try and steal any of his advice and use it against him in these finals. But I will say this, that Flacco off the wire, the fact that I made a waiver wire move after the semi-championship round and said, boom, stay alive, pay attention, see what's out there. Second time since 2015, I will have a trophy. I just ordered a shelf for my club, for my office this morning. Wasn't going to have any tchotchkes. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this trophy in there and I'm going to get the other trophy from this same league out of storage. I'm going to put them side by side. This is happening. So I'm very excited. It was a fun season. It's wrapped up and now we have games on different days. We don't have Thursday night football anymore. We still have Sundays. So if you're in the city, I'll be at Sucker Punch Sports Bar. I'll be at Bill's Tavern. There's Bill's Supper Club. There's a lot of spots where I'll be bouncing around. I'll make sure you know, you just got to follow me on social media. I'm excited that I've taken a win in a league that it was a total challenge, but I never gave up. You start 0-4, do not stop on that league because the odds are now with you. The chances of you, you got great waiver wire selection. You're doing everything right. You're, you're hyper-focused. You can still win. And there you had it. I did. We don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl yet, but I know where I'm going to be. I will be at Sapphire 60. I watched the Super Bowl there last year with all of my friends. I hope you, if you are in the city, you come and watch the game with me there. They have incredible food. Sapphire 60 is amazing. 
We will have my wine, Lisa by Lisa Ann, of course. I will have my friends and we'll get to see who is it. If you remember last year, it was an exciting finish. It was Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles. There was a moment we thought it was going into overtime. I could still visually see what it was like as we were all standing because we couldn't even sit anymore with the excitement. Rihanna, amazing halftime show. She was fantastic. We loved it on that big screen. So I will be back at Sapphire. If you want to go to WWE, I don't know. Maybe you want to go to some NBA games. Maybe you got plans for NFL playoffs. Ticket Rev is where you need to go because you're not going to pay any fees as the buyer. You are just going to let the seller pay the fees. You're not going to pay any fees. You're going to go in on the app, look at the section where you'd like to see what you're looking to spend. And Ticket Rev will look around. If something's available, you will get those tickets. Go to TicketRev.com to learn more. Download the app at TicketRev. Follow on social media at TicketRev. Their social media on TikTok is fantastic. Really educational if you're somebody who likes to frequent going to events and games. Things you want to look for when you're looking at venues. Things you want to look for when you're looking at other ticket brokers. How they add all of these fees on, which is something the ticket rev is focused on not and ever doing. So go to ticketrev.com and learn more. I've got a mailbag coming up. If you have any book suggestions that you would like me to read, you can also send them to asklisaann at gmail.com. The moment you've been waiting for the mailbag. Again, Mailbag is so much fun. I put mailbag clips on my TikTok, which is also at the real Lisa Ann. I always want to remind you, don't fall for imposters on social media. I do not private message. I have all of my main accounts. They all match the real Lisa Ann. And be careful because they're tricky with the spelling. There might be an L missing or an A missing and you don't even notice it. They mimic my page. Don't fall for that. But on my TikTok, every Monday you get a mailbag clip and I think you're going to love this one. It's from our friend. Great. Subject matter, sports fans atmosphere. Dear Lisa, you have always expressed a great passion and love for sports. This includes a level of compassion and empathy you have shown for many great athletes, which includes how they approach their training, nutrition, rehabilitation from injury, and their habits to create great life balance. Your statements are certainly different compared to almost all of the other sports media, TV shows, and podcasts who seem more focused on trying to get under the athlete's skin to just get attention. My question is, number one, how have you been able to keep yourself from critiquing athletes' performances like many of the other sports media personalities out there? And number two, do you, think, do you believe some sports fans are also failing for the parasocial relationship issues as well? Thank you for answering my questions and enjoy the rest of your holidays. Great. Number one, how have I kept myself from criticizing like many of the other sports media personalities out there? Sports, you know, if you go back and you watch clips from old games or old broadcasts and you listen to the communication, uh, you watch old uh, movies that go back into clips of Chris Berman on ESPN, it wasn't a thing. Players weren't attacked personally. There actually wasn't even yelling on sports radio. It was excitement. Players would have bad games, just a bad game. The attack on players as people, the overlooking and being sus into their personal lives, the truly invasive entitlement that everybody feels that they get more than what they see on either the field, the court, the arena, the ice. Um, that is really hyper-magnified by these radio broadcasters, TV broadcasters being so deliberate about 
shining a light on those factors. And to me, my relationship with sports is about sports. I don't have a personal relationship with the people and to, to be able to step in and, and speak of anything. Why should I? I'm talking about a player in a game, how they played. Some players are off, like you traveling, you, maybe your stomach didn't, not every day do you feel great when you have to perform to that level. So maybe I can relate to it. And that's why I am more empathetic and realistic with my perceptions on performance versus reality. Um, I've been a performer. I've been, whether it's on stage or whether it's on set, and I've put myself out there. And some days you feel great about what you do and some days you don't. Some days you walk off the set and you're like, man, that's going to be great. And some days you walk off and you're like, I just didn't feel it that day. So when you've actually lived that yourself, you understand it. And so if you have a situation that isn't as great as another, you wouldn't like that feeling of knowing people talking horribly about you because they picked up on the fact that it wasn't great. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is the same. And so I don't believe in attacking players outside of where they play because the rest of it's none of my business. And I, I think clickbait has become a huge thing in the internet. We know we love it. Um, we know it's how it sells ads. We know this is just, it's kind of a toxic advertising culture. Hopefully that will simmer back and the draw will be put on more people that have positive attitude. I, mean, I love Greeny and I love McAfee, two broadcasters who really keep it beautiful and positive. And, and I love that about them. That's what I'm so drawn to. So I'll find where I can listen to the tones and, and the responsible conversations that I can, because it is out there it's not as clicked upon and it's not as celebrated because that's just not what we see. But I just stay out of the fray because I can relate. And we're really just there to enjoy what they do on, I think, on the on on their arena, field, court, what have you. As your second, do I believe that some sports fans are also falling for the parasocial relationship issues as well? I think all fans of anything, sports, uh, music, uh, television, uh, content, whatever it may be, podcast can form a parasocial relationship where they feel ultimately a lot closer to that person than is realistic if you were to reverse the, the, the hands that they're dealt. So I do think that, and I think that's where, you know, people that are approaching players or celebrities in places and asking for things and demanding a photo or, or grabbing them or touching them, that's because they feel close and they don't see a boundary. But to that celebrity, that person, that athlete, there's a boundary there. They don't, that's a stranger. So things do get complicated. And yes, I do think that's happening with sports fans as well. Thank you for the great question, Braid. Appreciate you. All right. Will says, your efforts to bring success have been unmatchable. You bring so much worth to your content. May you keep doing the good work in the upcoming year as well. I wish you a happy and prosperous new year ahead. P.S. I found myself struggling to write and concentrate any advice. Anytime we find ourselves struggling with something, we have to remind ourselves that we are ultimately in control. And if you cannot tell yourself, if you can write down, I'm struggling with this, then you know you are. So you take yourself a step back and you give yourself a victory lap when you complete the process. Each time you have a negative thought, you balance it out with a positive thought. So if you say you're struggling, you say, I was struggling. I'm not struggling now because I just finished this email. I was struggling. But when you say, 
you are doing something, you make it part of your whole being. You should read The Magic of the Secret because it talks about it just being a small bit of your being. Just remember, it's easy to continue to carry some sort of lift up by saying, I can't do this because. And that's something that we've accepted as common ground at this point in in life. But to me, someone that can say, I can't do this because, can do this because. Because if you can say that, then you can definitely do it. And I don't know if it's a call for attention um, or if it's a need for uh, more time in counsel with a counselor or therapist, what have you. But I see it a lot and I think it's got to be exhausting because I don't know how you get anything done when you spend more time explaining why you can't do them. So instead of just saying, I can't do something, or I found myself struggling to write, concentrate any advice, you should have said, but I thanked myself because I finished it. And if you find yourself struggling, you're convincing yourself. You're allowing yourself to believe you can't do something. And that should be unacceptable. And it is unacceptable because you can do anything. All right. We got one more here. One more, and it is labeled Queen's Classic Fantasy Football League. Hi, Lisa. I hope all is well. I just finished watching your podcast with Matt Labrie, and it was a great interview. It was nice learning. There are more ways to measure success than money in your bank account. There sure is. I mean, our, our real currency, the only real currency we have in this world is our friendships, our relationships. At the end of the day, when you leave this world, you will be rem- remembered by your friendships and your relationships, and you will be alive by the light that people feel when they mention your name and they think about you. I am curious to know how your season of fantasy football is going. Well, I have a championship trophy coming to my crib, especially your Queen's Classic League. After viewing your content from your trip to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it seems like the Queen Classic League holds a special place in your heart, one that I'm sure you would love to win the championship. Hoping to hear that you got into the playoffs and made a push to win it all. Have a great week and looking forward to this week's podcast. Merry Christmas from your friend, Daniel, a.k.a. Dooner. You know, I made it into the first round of the playoffs. I was lingering between fourth and sixth spot in that league. Uh, it was a 14-teamer, so the waiver wire was a little bit dank. Kyron Williams ended up being my last round pick in that draft. Ended up being my hero, my absolute stud. Uh, so there were some high points, even though the waiver wire wasn't great. When you are in a deeper league, it is really important to still pick up some value in those last couple picks. So I did make it to the final rounds, but I am sitting on the the love and the joy of winning the fantasy football nerds charity fantasy football league. So I'm stoked on that. Queens classic was a really fun draft. I'm glad I got to share it with you. If you haven't seen it, you can go and see it in my travel and sports vlog sections. There are my, my lists over on my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann. Please subscribe. Then you'll get a notification knowing when I'm going live, which is a premiere that I do every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, a live premiere of this right here on my podcast. The, 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 the video component, we sit in the chat. It's a ton of fun. So join there. And also you'll know when I'm traveling, adding cool stuff on there. But yeah. Pro Football Hall of Fame content was really sick. I had a great time. Glad you enjoyed it. Happy New Year, everyone, to a positive vibes only start the new year, to making a difference in how we feel, do, interact with others. Thank you for listening to an all-new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. 